BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheeling Engineering and also brought to you by Hercules Tire. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined each and every week here by my co-host of Kyle Ricky, who bring you all of NASCAR's regional and local touring divisions. It's a big season in the world of short track racing as we really inch into the big money season, as we call it. A lot of racetracks, a lot of series starting to cultivate and host some of the bigger payout races as well as bigger points races around their region. This weekend, I feel like kind of kicked it off, Kyle, including out on the West Coast with the Evergreens Summer Showdown. I know they've had, you know, the difficulty hosting it last year, but it was good to see fans back in the grandstands. And they also drew the attention of some of NASCAR's, you know, drivers with NASCAR being off the last two weeks, including that of Jesse Little and, of course, Ty Dillon, who made the trip out to Washington State. But it was Owen Riddle who finally captured the win. His brother Taylor Riddle has a win to the family, but Owen finally able to capture that feat over Tyler Tanner, the local guy who now lives out here in the Carolinas. And Arizona's Brandon Farrington. So good to see that, as well as the Blizzard Series. They hosted their doubleheader weekend over the weekend. And again, these NASCAR drivers, they can't get enough of it. Eric Jones made the trip down there with uh, BJ McLeod and uh, Travis Braden's team. On night one, it was Bubba Pollard over Chandler Smith and Jake Garcia. Chandler Smith came home the winner the second night over Casey Roderick and Jake Garcia. And then we talked about it last week, the Hampton Heat. Finally time for the Hampton Heat up in Langley Speedway, Virginia. And uh, we saw a name that I don't think anyone uh, is going to bat an eye at because you kind of expect it when he shows up at the racetrack. Race two of the Virginia Triple Crown went to Josh Berry claiming the win, although he did not dominate the race like many would think. Chad McCombie dominated the race, led uh, 160 laps to open the event, but then fell out due to engine trouble, finishing in the 25th spot. Connor Hall ended up in second. Caden Honeycutt, who we'll uh, chat with here in a little bit, finished in third. Jared Fryer, Matt Walsh running out the top five. Good field. 29 cars took the green flag. Other notables include Peyton Sellers in seventh. Bobby McCarty finished in eighth. And Timothy Peters finished in the 11th spot. And uh, another great crowd there at the Langley Speedway in the Hampton Heat 200, as you mentioned, uh, struggled to get that race in a year ago. So it was good to see a a full grandstand and a a full field of cars on the racetrack for 200 laps. Yeah, and of course, the Triple Crown did kick off a couple weeks ago at South Boston for their big race. Hampton Heat is that middle one. And then, of course, we'll crown a champion at the Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville. Excited to return to that. And, of course, that'll be on the Motor Racing Network. Caden Honeycutt, though, you mentioned him. We're going to speak to him in just a few minutes here on the guest line. Had a pretty successful season, relatively new to the world of late model stock racing. This is his rookie year in the Cars Tour, but he's already managed to get a win, Kyle, at Langley Speedway with the Cars Tour uh, prior to the Hampton Heat and is now in contention for the points championship between Bobby McCarty. Pretty good for a rookie coming here from Texas to race in late models. Just a couple of points out of the lead, and I remember Caden's name a couple of years ago now, uh, running Tuesday nights, Legend Cars, the Summer Shootout at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, I think Bandoleros even as well, prior to Legend Cars. So they made the trek up from 
from Texas every summer to run in Charlotte. And now he has made that, uh, that next big step to late model stock car racing. And like you mentioned, has done very well getting a win just a couple of weeks ago. Podium finishes in his last three events in the Cars Tour, running for a championship and, and you know, fared very well against late models best the other night at Langley, uh, finishing third. So yeah, it's going to be great to speak with this young man, just 18 years of age. Yeah, and that being said, we are going to take a quick break. When we return, though, we're going to dial Caden up on the guest line and chat not only Hampton Heat, but, of course, the Hickory Throwback 276 coming up this weekend. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured Manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you, plus, You can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We've got a busy next couple weeks as far as NASCAR's regional touring. But another big race here around the North Carolina area is, of course, the Throwback 267 race for the Cars Tour. But before that, a lot of drivers were busy last weekend with the Hampton Heat. We're joined now on the guest line by Cars Tour driver Caden Honeycutt, who finished third in that race. First off, thanks for taking some time to join us here, Caden. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Of course, the Hampton Heat, always one of the big prestigious races here in the late model stock world. Uh, of course, one of the Virginia crown jewel races as well. A third place run. Your season's been going pretty well. But to get that podium finish at the Hampton Heat, what did that mean to you as a driver? Uh, it was cool. Um, you know, obviously, we definitely wanted two spots better. But considering the weekend that we had, it was uh, it was pretty good for our whole uh, Justin Johnson team. Uh, we both struggled. Me and him during practice for some reason. We couldn't really figure out what the issue was going on, but uh unlike what we were racing with cars when we when we won, it was just it was kinda crazy that we couldn't figure out what was wrong. But we still had a, a good charge to the front, um, ended up qualifying ninth and just took our time and came for our adjustments at the halfway break and we just uh we it, we adjusted the right way and then we kinda didn't go far enough for our two-tire stuff. I talked to uh, Josh after, and he made a whole swing of adjustments more than we ever did. So um, maybe that was the the fine-tune at the end of the race. But other than that, for how much we got beat around and moved and ran into, I'd say it was a pretty good finish for our team. You mentioned Josh. Josh Berry, who picked up the win. Connor Hall finishing in the second spot. 29 cars took the green flag, so uh, it was a busy racetrack. And a lot of the drivers call this one of, if not the toughest race of the year, mainly because of the heat. It's right there in the name of the race, the Hampton Heat 200. How difficult is it, and was it from your seat the other night? So, I mean, it wasn't very bad at all. Um, I actually did not have a helmet blower the entire race, so I was I was a little hot, but you know I, I toughed through it. There's nothing much of heat down in Texas like we like we normally have, so it's nothing normal uh, out of range for me. But 
uh, it was it was definitely hot. Uh, you know, just trying to keep mental focus was a big thing. And um, it, some people probably even dropped out maybe because of you know maybe heat. They were just not really fitted for it. And uh, I don't think anybody had an issue with that. It was very nice that weekend and fortunate that it wasn't 90 degrees and night. It was 80, 75. So it was uh, quite a nice night at Langley, but a uh, little, little heat deception there too as well. Yeah, definitely good to hear that. I know, uh, of course, last year, a lot of drivers, last two years, really, the drivers have struggled uh, with the heat and the intensity that comes with that. Uh, Caden, this is really your first year on the Cars Tour, uh, but your last couple of races have been strong, all top three finishes, and you'd mentioned that Langley race led 125 of 125 laps there. Going into a big race this weekend, sitting only two points, behind, or a couple points behind points leader Bobby McCarty. How have you guys really evaluated your season thus far, of course, teaming up with Justin Johnson? And, uh, you know, do you feel like you've recently hit your stride with those top three finishes? Oh, definitely. You know, we had a, a little bit of changes after ACE happened. Um, we were just, we were kind of just like, you know, we we got to make a change. You know, we hadn't had a really strong start to the year, and we were just like, well, what, what are we going to have to do to fix this? And, you know, we changed quite a bit of things, and I think it actually ended up helping us. Um, the first major change that we did was at Caraway, and that obviously showed how, how much better we got leading the race. And, you know, Bam Kosh comes out. We almost had two wins on the year so far just from changing a bunch of stuff. But uh, we really stepped it up as a whole of a team, me and Justin, ourselves. Um, I think we've kind of learned with Jason and Marcus. Uh, we've kind of adapted towards each other and, you know, we kind of go off the same setup sheet now as like we haven't before. And I think that's turned around, turned around our season a lot more. And um, just looking at our finishes, besides, I, just not counting Sobo, we had a really good strong at Sobo. But regarding Sobo, we had four top three finishes in our last five starts. So it's it's been a really strong uh, couple last couple of weeks for us. And um, I did not think that we would have got back in the championship as as far as uh, as far as points wise, as quickly as we did, so that was a very good start uh, turnaround for our team. And, uh, me and Justin are right there, second and third, one point behind each other. So it's uh, it's going to come down to the end of the year, and hopefully we can uh, keep up these strong finishes and hopefully knock off a couple more wins, uh, starting with victory this weekend too. Yeah, that's going to be my next question is, is, one, do you think the momentum can continue into Hickory this weekend, a track where you finished ninth at earlier in the year? And I guess what was the big takeaway from that ninth place finish that uh, you, you'll you tweak on going into Saturday's race? Yeah, so I really – we had a bunch of – we had a bunch of problems at Hickory for some reason. Um, we had uh, lower control arms broken, a shock that went dead on the right front. There was just a bunch of stuff that was going on that weekend that we couldn't really get out of our control. And um, winning the Twin 40s the weekend before, we were like, hey, we got a really good car here. Where I think we're going to be just fine. And, uh, just all that happened during the last set of practice sessions, and we didn't really catch it at all until after the race when we pulled everything apart. And, you know, our daily maintenance that we usually do. But, um, no, but no, I, I really – this is a track that I really am looking forward to going back to. Um, I know some people don't like it, but I do just because of the characteristics of the racetrack. I personally like myself. So um, we're ready to come back. I've already told Jason, everybody, we're actually at the shop working now and putting it all together. And we're definitely ready to go back for this uh, another race at Hickory.
Yeah, I definitely can say uh, Hickory has not been kind to me, and it is not on the uh, not on the top five as far as being a driver and racing it, but it's definitely on the top five as far as watching goes. So uh, looking forward to watching that this weekend. You mentioned, you know, working on the car right now with Jason Stanley, who's kind of stepped in as your crew chief, as well as Marcus Richmond, who's a name that if people really followed uh, truck racing and, you know, the upper ranks of NASCAR over the last couple of years, they know the name Marcus Richmond, who, of course, steps down uh, and started his own, you know, race team, his own chassis with uh, RNS race cars. What's it like been like working with Jason and Marcus? Oh, uh, it's been a really good, a uh, really cool thing. Um, you know, being able to have the relationship with Marcus and Jason at the same time is really big for me. Um, you know, I, I've known Jason, me and him have came from the same, same aspect of racing, um, back in dirt at home and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, having a person like Marcus, uh, on my side, it, I think it helps me with, with others regarding late mall stock racing, just moving forward with different types of racing and NASCAR because people know who he is. And, you know, if they ever wanted to ask about me or something, hopefully he can put in a word for me or something like that. So, um, we have definitely grown a relationship too. We we hang out, laugh together, and we have just a good time at the racetrack. And at the same time, focus on winning, and that's all we're uh, set there really to do. And I think uh, our mentality is definitely matching each other, and uh, it's just been a great, great thing so far. And uh, hopefully, we can you know carry on the relationship outside of racing, and uh, also moving forward too with him. As Hannah mentioned a little bit ago, this weekend is the uh, annual throwback event that the Cars Tour has each season. Is there a throwback theme uh, for you this weekend? Yes, sir. We're going to have actually Jason's old 92 car that he raced at Hickory a while back. Um, I tried a Jeff Gordon scheme, but but there was a a little bit of a, a big price range right there. So I was like, well, maybe we can find something different that's not going to spend thousands of dollars just for a wrap so we decided to go throw it back with jason he didn't know about it um i kind of secret secretly did it myself so that was uh just a gesture for him and appreciate him for his efforts this year and uh hopefully we'll have a, a good race card hickory and parking in victory lane like it was last time we raced Definitely a cool tribute to your crew chief. Well, again, we're looking forward to watching it via, of course, carstour.tv. And I know a lot of friends of mine in the area will be headed out there to pack the stands at Hickory. It's always packed for that race. So best of luck, Caden. We're looking forward to watching, you know, the rest of the season as this championship battle continues to heat up. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Again, guys, Caden Honeycutt, who finished third this past weekend at the Langley Speedway in the Hampton Heat and, of course, competing this weekend at Hickory for the throwback 276 uh, in the Cars Tour. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got your Wheelin Modified Spotlight brought to you by Wheelin Engineering. Wheelin Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Wheelin also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelin product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. 
Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash go MRN. That's floracing.com forward slash go MRN. Time now for this week's Wheel and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight, and we're going to talk to a driver that uh, had a fairly eventful weekend down south at the Bowman Gray Stadium, which is his home track, a former track champion at the stadium. Danny Bone joins us now as we record this on the eve of his 33rd birthday. First off, thanks for joining us, and do you have any big birthday plans here this week? Oh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, well, I was kind of looking forward to a weekend off this weekend at, with Bowman and the truck series, but there's been a video servicing around lately that I flew over the fence at Bowman Gray uh, Saturday night. Um, so I think all of my plans for the last week or next week has have changed to uh, repair the race car, but fortunately, like no one got hurt and I don't think it's too bad, but I'll most likely be spending my birthday working on the car tomorrow night. I was going to, uh, mention it later in the interview but since you brought it up we'll talk about it now it doesn't happen often although it has happened i remember seeing it happen on opening night a couple of of years ago where car does go over the fence and and lands in that kind of dead space between the guardrail and where the grandstand starts um what's that like for you what goes through your mind when it's happening you mentioned wrong place wrong time and, and you just pretty much got launched over the backstretch guardrail yeah um a helpless feeling, I guess you could say, you know, the car that I hit started to spin toward the infield. I saw that. And then at the last second, he had the wheels cut to the right and it grabbed and he came back across the track and, you know, I got on the brakes, but you're, I think we were seventh or eighth there and you're mid pack and I would have hit him, but I got hit from behind too. And then with the open wheels, it kind of just climbs the fence. And I said, you're helpless at that point. Fortunately, we didn't completely go over, you know, I've, been in that situation before at Daytona in 2013 I climbed the fence when me and Ryan Priest got together there and um it doesn't happen often but with those the tires sticking out with no fenders you know if you hit the wall at the right angle they will they will go over 
wild night, wild run, no doubt. Uh, hopefully you can get the car fixed up and, and ready to go and continue your run for your what will be hopefully your second championship at that racetrack. And more on that in a little bit as well. But let's go back to the beginning. Uh, you're from New Jersey, uh, Fairhold, New Jersey. What got you involved in motorsports? And at one point, did you say, I want to be a driver? Well, so my grandfather and my dad raced, you know, as I was a child. And basically, I was at, in diapers at the racetrack, sitting in the grandstands. And it's kind of one of those things that it's, it's all I know. You know, my dad was always working on his cars in the evening. And we'd get to go hang out with him in the shop and, you know, give them a hand. And every Saturday night we were at a racetrack. And then, you know, I come from just an average family. I, I, we didn't, I didn't think we'd have the funding for me to be able to race. Um, but fortunately we were able to put a deal together to put me in a bandolero at wall stadium. I think it was in 2003 is when I started and we had immediate su success. And, you know, then you kind of get that, you know, I, it, that bug to just keep going. And we, we acquired the car that my dad used to drive, which I still rate the one that I just climbed the fence with that cars was built in 1991. We, we got that car and put um, a crate engine in it and started racing at wall and the, the modified affordable division. And then slowly, you know, picked up a few rides in a modified, I won a modified race there. And then, you know, it was something that all I knew and it's something that I always wanted to do but New Jersey is really not the place to make a racing career so um my dad had an opportunity to come work for Ray Everham and I really didn't have anything going on up there I was 18 years old and decided to move down here without a job and just kind of see what happens and um fortunately I was hired by Ray Everham and still employed by him now I'm actually on my lunch break <laughs> um doing this interview um so been fortunate to meet a lot of great people and brought the old carb to Bowman Gray. And well, I first started racing dirt modifieds at East Lincoln Speedway, the track that Ray Everham owned um, back in 2009 and won the track championship there in a dirt modified and started venturing out racing other racetracks. And it was one of them things that we were successful around this area, but if I wanted to race against more competition, I'd have to start traveling. It just wasn't, you know, travel out West and it wasn't something that I really cared to do. Um, so I went up and sat in the grandstands a few times at Bowman Gray stadium and had the old car down here. And I'm like, man, look at all these people. It'd be awesome. Just to race here, just to say I raced here would be cool. So we, uh, over the winter in 2010, uh, got an engine in it and got it kind of ready to go. And, went there opening night, didn't run well at all. And then the second night we were there, they had them twin 25s. We finished eighth in the first one. They inverted the field and won my first race there, my second night. So since then, it's kind of been, I guess, like a home to me. Um, there's a lot of fans there, a lot of great people in and out of there. Just the history of the place is, is unbelievable. If you look into the people that's won there, won championships there, it's you know, I think the most historic track that's still racing, you know, weekly. So, um, like I said, just meeting a lot of great people. Had the opportunity to drive for uh, Frank Fleming, um, Puddin Swisher. I, I ended up in 2014 driving full-time for him over there in the 53 car and uh, was able to win the championship there for him. And um, it's just been one of those places that you kind of feel like it's home, you know, and 
in the midst of that, we, we ran the Southern Modified Tour, um, one rookie of the year, most popular driver, finished second in points in 2012. And then, you know, that the Southern Tour went away. And, you know, I love the Modifieds because that's what my whole family grew up racing, you know. And um, now they have the Smart Tour down here. So maybe we can venture out to do some of those at some point this year. You mentioned uh, Bowman Gray, that 2014 championship. Since 2007, only two other guys have won titles there in Burt and Burt Myers and Tim Brown. So what did it mean to you to kind of break those streaks up and just win at, like you mentioned, one of the most historic automobile racing facilities in this country? So it's definitely an honor. You know, I, I think it's different for, um, you know, I didn't grow up there, so um, like I understand the history. It's, it's important to me, the history, but, um, you know, for somebody like Puddin Swisher who spent his whole life racing at Bowman Gray stadium and, um, every Saturday night driving or fielding the car, honestly, it was more of an honor to be able to win the championship for him than myself, not taking anything away. I was extremely proud and, and grateful to be able to do it. Um, it's one of my biggest career highlights, but, you know, just to see the, excitement in him and and his guys after all the years that he raced there to be able to finally give him that championship was um pretty special for me mentioned earlier uh, you work for one of right now anyway the one of the busiest guys in motorsports uh, yeah. starting up the SRX deal just a couple of weeks ago up here in Connecticut at the Stafford Motor Speedway they've been playing on dirt the last couple of weeks uh you mentioned you're on lunch break so so what's the what's the full-time gig down there with with Ray Evernham so I've been very fortunate, you know, this year for him to be, um, you know, have a flexible schedule with the racing stuff. And he's been understanding of that. So that's been a huge weight off my shoulders to be able to, um, you know, still work and, and pursue my racing career. Uh, I don't make a living racing. So, you know, I still do have a full time job and Ray's been extremely acceptable of um, me doing that. And, um, you know, it gets tough because there's there's times that I have to take off work and um, I try to do as much as I can outside of work time. Um, but no, it's been great. I've made a lot of contacts through him. He's been supportive of it. So um, right now we do uh, four tens. We work Monday through Friday, 10 hours, and which is good for me because a lot of the truck races that we travel to are on Fridays. So it's kind of opened my schedule up a little bit to be able to do that. You mentioned the Truck Series, running for On Point Motorsports in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series over the last, I, I believe, two or, or three seasons. You've, you've done, you've done part-time schedules with that team. How did that deal come together for you? And, and what's left on your schedule this year as we get kind of into the meat of their schedule, a lot of different events coming up for the trucks? Yeah, so I'm like, you know, back to Bowman Gray and meeting people. Um, you know, I raced there fairly regularly for the, you know, since I moved down here or started there in 2011 and conversation got brought up about driving a modified for, um, on point motorsports. So drove out there, um, met the crew chief, Stephen Lane, and, you know, we're just sitting there talking and, you know, he offered for, to put the modified together and let me run over there at Bowman Gray sometimes. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there in the shop, I'm looking at some Xfinity cars. I'm looking at a truck. I'm like, I mean, I kind of like, I mean, I'll drive the modified, but I kind of like to get in one of those things. So, um, we were fortunate to be able to put a deal together and Scott Borchetta and Brantley Gilbert came on board to sponsor me in my first truck race in 2019, um, at Martinsville. And, 
you know, just for a short tracker who always dreamed to be there, but really didn't have the means to be there type deal. That was really important to me just to be able to say, Hey, like I, I made it, I did it once. You know what I mean? I, I made a start in the top three series and if it was one race that would have been okay with me, but um, went there and had a really successful first race. We finished eighth and first time in the truck. And that's turned into, I ended up finishing the season that year. We ran Phoenix and Homestead. Um, I've ran, I ran 10 races last year. And then the plan going forward from this point on is I'm going to finish out the whole season with on point. So um, we go to Knoxville next in a week and a half is uh, the dirt track. Um, so nine more truck races there. And, um, just like I said, extremely fortunate for the opportunities that I've, that I've had. And, um, my primary sponsor, North American motor car, they've been a huge, huge help. And I wouldn't have been able to do any of this without them. So, um, you know, extremely fortunate to have the relationship that I have with them. And, you know, my dreams are still, still, still to make it, you know, still to keep climbing the ladder and, um, you know, Ryan Priest has done a great job at being able to do that. I don't have the finishes and the results that I've liked to have all the time, but you know, you still have to learn and you still have to lo- learn the tracks and log laps. And, um, you know, that's what we're doing. We'll, we'll, we'll come away with some good finishes this year. We've had some good runs. I don't know what I've done, but I have pretty awful luck lately. Um, we were running top 10 at Darlington spun out with like five to go. And then, um, you know, even just this weekend, <laughs> broke a drive shaft on pit road at, at Pocono, flew down to Bowman Gray and flew over the fence. So just got to keep digging and hopefully things will turn around. Yeah. Uh, one step at a time and, and then hoping to get Lady Luck on your side, no doubt. Uh, Danny, want to thank you for, for joining us here on the show and uh, we'll let you get back to work. I know we're, we're kind of taking up your lunch break here down in, in Everham shop and uh, look forward to seeing you at Knoxville Raceway here in just a about a week and a half time. Yeah, no, anytime. Thank you for having me on the show. And I always forget to thank my dad. My dad has been a huge, huge influence and support system. My family, um, my dad's sitting, he's, he's retired now. So he's working on my car right now as we speak, trying to get ready for uh, Bowman Grain two weeks. So he's been, you know, he gave up his racing career, kind of stepped out of the car when, when we started racing and He's missed a few races, but it hasn't been many. So um, definitely need to thank him for all his support and my family. And like I said, all my sponsors and my boss, Ray Everham and North American Motor Car and everybody that supports it. And hopefully we can uh, keep climbing the ladder. And keep it on the right side of the fence going forward for it's Danny it. Bone, uh, the yep. 2014 Bowman Gray Stadium champion and now a regular in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series for On Point Motorsports. He's this week's Wheeling Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Wheelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast. Again, we talked about it a busy past weekend for a lot of short tracks across the country. For the most part, looks like Mother Nature finally cut us a break and then uh, allowed us to have some beautiful evenings of racing, including that out on the West Coast. We already talked about the summer showdown, but All-American Speedway hosted their late model division for two feature events. John Moore won the first one over Dylan Zampa in the second. Also, another race for the Bill McAnally Drivers Academy. Cole Moore wins once again, I believe they said, his 17th win overall in the season. So outside of the academy as well, but 17 wins for Cole Moore. That's a pretty successful 2021 season thus far. I would say JoJo Wilkinson came home in second over Amber Balkin. Also, Hudson had their pro trucks day or for the feature event their evening. Dave Koenig over Connor Souza and Lucas Leone finished in the top three. Arkham Menard Series headed back to one of my favorite racetracks out of the Iowa Speedway for the Shore Lunch 150. Ty Gibbs collected that win. Shocker, I know, <laughs> over Daniel Dye, who we actually had on you know, last week to talk about his win and, of course, his success. So he backed that success up with a second-place run over Gray and Corey Heim. Big switch up here, though. We feel like we've been talking about the chase between Heim and Gibbs. Gibbs finally has now overtaken the Arkham Menards uh, National Points Championship by four points over Corey Heim. That's it. Uh, and so a new, uh, we, and we knew it was only a matter of time, the way Ty's been running, that he would take the point lead, but only four. So one misstep uh, by Ty and Corey's right back, uh, back at the top. And there's still nine races to go this season. Uh, and points for the East Series, because it was a combination event. Uh, Sammy Smith lost a lot of his lead, now just down to 19 points after finishing in the 18th position at the Iowa Speedway. Mason Diaz is second, 19 back, um, as he finished eighth. Daniel Dye, right there in the mix, uh, 26 out of the lead after his third-place effort, as you mentioned. Elsewhere in the country, Bowman Gray Stadium went at it uh, for a pair of modified features on Saturday night. Finally, Mother Nature cooperated there. Tim Brown and Danny Bone able to pick up, pick up the race wins. Tim Brown just a 10-point lead over Burt Myers heading into this Saturday night's twin 25-lap features. 
Hard to believe, but there are just four Saturday nights remaining on the Bowman Gray schedule. At the Hickory Motor Speedway, it was Ryan Millington winning race one in the twin late model features. Thomas Bean picked up race win number two. And as we talked about earlier, uh, Hickory will host the Cars Tour this weekend. Uh, our pal uh, Jeff Striegel and Berlin Raceway, they got rained out this past weekend. I guess better this weekend than last weekend when they had the Arkham Menard Series in town. They're back in action for Fan Appreciation Night this Saturday. And at the Monadnock Speedway up here in New England, the Iron Mike Memorial was run for the Sportsman Modifieds. Tad Pat, uh, Todd Patnode held off Trevor Blue for the race win. They are also back in action this Saturday. Again, NASCAR's National Series has this next weekend off once again as part of the Olympic break, but that is no stopping NASCAR's regional tours as they are hot on pace this up-and-coming weekend. We talked about the ARCA Series, of course, at Iowa, but they're going to be back in action again this upcoming weekend at Winchester Speedway for the Calypso Lemonade 200. That race Saturday evening, you can catch it on MAV-TV or, of course, on NBC's Track Pass. Also, the ARCA West had a little bit of a break, but they'll be at Colorado for the Napa Auto Parts 150 also on Saturday. The Modifieds are in action also at New York International for the New Way Auto Parts 150. That's 8 p.m. Saturday as well on Track Pass. Basically, if you have a Track Pass subscription, you're going to get anything and everything you could possibly need this next weekend. And Pinties, we've talked about it. They are finally kicking off their 2021 season on Sunday, August 1st at Sunset Speedway for a set of doubleheaders. You know those drivers, Kyle, are frothing at the bit to get back behind the wheel. Yeah, we saw them last year uh, for a very shortened schedule, and, and they really didn't even consider it a full season because it wasn't just three double-headed days. Three single days, they ran two races, no fans, uh, but it was just to, to do something up there because, you know, Canada was uh, locked down all of last year and is still, um, you know, just now beginning to reopen in where Sunset Speedway could could host some fans for, for one of their regular shows for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. So I uh, can't wait to, to watch those events this weekend up at Sunset Speedway. And you mentioned the Modifieds. going to be a great field. And if you tune in on Fans Choice, you're going to hear some familiar voices. Alex Hayden and Dave Moody will have the call of the, uh, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tours debut at New York International Raceway Park, formerly known as Lancaster National Speedway up there in just outside of Buffalo, New York. So Going to be fun. Justin Bonson, your 10-point lead over Patrick Emerling heading into the event. Doug Kobe, ninth in points, 65 out after his issues in New Hampshire. Halfway through the season with seven to go. Kyle, are you going to be at Stafford this weekend? I am. Now, it sounds like MRN is still just managing to take over short track racing between Alex and Moody. You've actually got Winston Kelly making his return on the microphone yeah. with Steve Post at Hickory for the Cars Tour race, which you can watch on carstour.tv. Of course, you'll be at Stafford, and I'm headed to Fairbury Speedway with the World of Outlaw Late Models uh, for So you're on Dirt Classic. Vision. So I'm, I'm on, on Dirt Flow Vision. Racing. Where is Moody's? Is any Moody's on anything? They're on track pass with the They're modifieds. They're on track pass. And then, of course, uh, uh, Posty and TV. Winston have carsword.tv. We've pretty much got every streaming platform covered. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's the way we want it. You know, we yeah. want to be diverse. That's why we do shows like this uh, so we can stay diverse in the sport. <laughs> I mean, I love the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series and, and the Truck Series, uh, which is, you know, what we follow full time. Uh, here on the Motor Racing Network, but there's so much more out there in motorsports. And it's these two weeks off, and I know Mike Joyce tweeted it out, hey, get out and support your local short tracks, or at least, you know, jump online and, and watch some of this other great stuff that, that's out there, because there's so much of it. And, 
between the five or six of us here at the network. I'm sure Dylan's going to be somewhere too. Uh, we have it all about covered. Yeah, and of course, if that's not your fix, uh, Indiana Sprint Week also happening for USAC. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone out there. So uh, like you said, this is the perfect opportunity to get out, support your local short track, whether that's via streaming or, of course, making the triples because it's going to be good weather for most of the country this up-and-coming weekend. We're going to have lots to talk about next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Kyle and I are looking forward to recapping it. So we want to send a thank you and a good luck to Caden Honeycutt this upcoming weekend at Hickory. We'll chat next, next week for I'm uh, for I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Ricky and producer Craig Moore and Alexa Henry and we'll see you guys next week.